Tyler still a half in front, fending off Tricky Gallon. Taylor led all the way, stitched them right up there. away with the Apollo Stakes. Brilliant first up performance. Colette won it by two links to Colding. Maslow, Jack Spratt down the outside. It's absolutely flying. It's Bailey's. Bailey's right over the top. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly. I'm in Nara this morning. I'm at a race course with no races, like being at a pub with no beer. Uh, no country championships qualifier, sadly, today here at the Nowra Racecourse. Uh, because of uh, the rain and the state of the track, they made the decision after 7.30 this morning. It was quite a late call that the meeting couldn't proceed, and we're just waiting on a new date for this heat, this qualifier for $150,000 for the country championships, which must be run. And we'll have more news on that maybe towards the end of the show. Yesterday at Ranwick and also at Flemington, it was about girl power. And Ronnie Duffersey and Lizzie Jels were with me at Ranwick yesterday for a wonderful Apollo Stakes Day card. Yeah, we were, Greg, and uh, you say girl power, we, we continue to say girl power because it's an ongoing thing. They're just dominating the sport at the moment. Um, Jamie Carr, Rachel King, Cathy O'Hara, and that's just the jockeys. You know, we're, we've Steph got, Thornton. Steph Thornton. We've got the trainers coming through. You've got someone like Annabelle Neeson, she's been in the training for about six months, she's putting her hand up for a million for horses at the sales. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and people behind the scenes, these women behind the scenes, even in this studio, uh, you know, it's, it's a very powerful world. Uh. Woman in racing, who's responsible for that? <laughs> They're taking over. They're taking over, Lizzie. <laughs> well, I think it's about time. No, they're just... just they're just very, very capable people and doing their job the best way they can. I must admit, I loved seeing uh, both Jamie Carr and Rachel King at the top of, you know, the two feature races on the day and they both took them out. I think it's um, a really good advertisement for, it's not all about strength, it's just about riding your horses and making sure they're in a good rhythm and having them balanced. And I think those two women, especially yesterday, epitomized everything that they um, sell and what their, their flavor is. What was exciting about yesterday at Randwick was, I think, Colette really franking that form in the Golden Eagle. I think that's really exciting, a race that's only in its infancy, and you're seeing a horse like Colette go through her grades and come out on top. And, of course, you know, the two-year-old picture, it keeps piecing together the puzzles with Stay Inside. Yeah, well, you, one minute you think, oh, OK, we've got, the, we've got the puzzle there, we've just got to sort it out with that group, and it's a big group, but then... Something's put its hand up again, and, and that'll happen again in the next two, two or three weeks. So something else is going to put their hand up. Yeah, it's ne a never a truer word said. You said last week, if you think it's between two horses, you'll have it. You know, there's in no way known. There's some quite, there's some depth, and there's going to be a change over the next few weeks. I think what we're seeing now is things added to the puzzle, puzzle instead of being taken away, though. Mm. And that'll change when we get to the Silver Slipper and the Blue, blue Diamond as well. And there were performances in New Zealand yesterday that are going to have a bearing on our championships when they finally get here for the carnival. But let's start with Colette, who cruised to an easy victory with Rachel King on board in yesterday's Wait for Age Apollo Stakes. This was amazing. Um, I, I, I don't know if this was expected or not. The market suggested no. Is she just an outstanding uh, mare? 
or is she one of the best wet trackers we've ever seen? That's yet to be sorted out, I would suggest, but to, to, to be arrogant in a field like this, uh, for a, a, you know, a, a mare that we thought, you know, well, James was talking Sydney Cup before the race, uh, so I, 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 it was just an incredible performance. Coldy was good, but I reckon he's better on a bit of a little bit drier track where he can explode a little bit better. So he's on, he's on target for the, the mile weight for age uh, race there. Not a lot went right for Very Elegant, did it really? She missed the start and he gave her a dig and then she got back to those old habits where she had that little bit of a light mouth. But I think that's all through just being that little bit too fresh. Yeah, and she's, as Chris has reported and same as James, she's a bit more bigger and stronger and more furnished this time around. So I think the run will definitely bring her on. Just with Colette, I think she is just a very, very good wet tracker, but so is very elegant, mm. you have to remember that. And very elegant when a group one first up, last preparation. So I think that we're seeing an emergence of another very good wait for age horse in Colette. And she, the world's her oyster. I mean, especially if we get the rain predicted over this autumn, she's going to be very hard to beat. What are you saying about Mugger 2? I thought he got more than a pass mark. More than a pass mark. I thought he was excellent. He was working home, steaming home back in the field, and he's definitely going to be better over further, which is to be expected. But really interested to see what James Cummings and Rachel King had to say after the race. They were both very excited. Yeah, look, Rachel just rode the mare beautifully and uh, look, yeah, she's the Golden golden Eagle winner. She's resuming first up and, uh, and, and she, uh, she, ran, she she performed like a Golden Eagle winner there and, uh, and, and great to see her kick off her campaign so strongly. She's the horse that's really improving from one prep to the next and, and don't forget she got all the way to the Oaks on, on one campaign and, uh, and she's only first up in her third preparation so far. So she's, um, she's well, in, well and truly on her way to pr producing... Uh, perhaps her, her best preparation and uh, we, 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 only, we only hope she doesn't get hammered in the ratings too badly because that might, that might put pay to her Sydney Cup credentials. She's just been going so well that she's well and truly got that Queen Elizabeth on her radar and, uh, and when it gets on the radar it's hard to get it off. She doesn't think she's a little horse, she, um, she thinks she's bigger and tougher than all of them but she's just got that huge heart and that, that huge will to win. How did you feel during the run? It looked pretty easy to the eye, how did you feel? It was pretty comfortable, yeah, it was actually nice, it's, you know, probably the best um, horse I've had travel on that track all day today and when she travelled into the straight like that and got to the top of the rise and I knew I still had plenty of horse underneath me. And to do that without the blinkers on as well, that's the first time she's ever ever done that and it didn't seem to worry her. So she's beat a really good field today and especially first up over 1,400 was a big effort. Chipping Norton will be next for Colette and then what? Uh, Queen Elizabeth, Sydney Cup, anything is on the table for Colette uh, and it seems wet or dry, particularly wet and there's the rematch, very elegant and Colette and Colding and Funstar and a few others, Avilius is in that market. We'll have a look at the Doncaster and also the Queen Elizabeth and then we'll show you a couple of, uh, of Colette's stablemates who had a gallop there yesterday. Uh, both uh, Cryderis and Avilius, who are getting ready to return to the races. What did you think of them yesterday, Lizzie, as they galloped? Yeah, I thought they were both great. I actually had a chat with Kieran afterwards and asked him what he thought of Avilius, and he said he was really switched on today. He was much more in his mode of wanting to actually do his work than he was the other day in the trial. Um, oh, I love Cryderis, Ronnie. I, he's mm. come back again stronger. He's more furnished. Look at him, how he tucks his head in. He's got a beautiful action. He breathes. Oh, he's, he's exciting. He hasn't got a racing style, though. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he's got a break-your-heart racing style. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
We're going to show you a few of the New Zealand races throughout the morning and we'll uh, stay with the uh, the horses heading towards the, the staying races. And the Group 1 Herbie Dyke was run uh, yesterday. Uh, Duff and Lizzie, raw performer was victorious. Yeah, look, the talking point here is the chosen one because he's uh, he probably comes over for a Sydney Cup where he's in the market, so he's ticked along nicely. And Melody Bell, well, um, she did get just chopped out there late, but she wasn't going anywhere at the same time. So hopefully all is okay with her and she might have just come to a, the end of a magnificent preparation because she is an absolute superstar. But look at Melody Bell gets chopped out there. But I think Chosen One is the horse we're, we're identifying as far as the coming into the Sydney for the carnival. And uh, we know Murray will have him right when it comes Sydney Cup Day. It'll be a very good Sydney Cup. Look at this market. Uh, we've got... Five. I'm just trying to count. Five equal favourites at $15. Colette, Great House, Mount Popper, Spirit Ridge, The Chosen One. Yeah, yeah some very promising horses amongst them as well. We, we haven't had much. We've only had one little glimpse at Great House and Mount Popper. We don't know where he's headed or where he can go. And Spirit Ridge is doing a good job yeah, going through his really class. Well. And trial really well. Yeah, so uh, the Sydney Cup has um, got a new lease of life the last couple of years. Uh, back to New Zealand in a moment. We're going to look at the three-year-old fillies now and the next feature race from Sydney, the Light Fingers Stakes, 1,200 metres, a group two, and it was every rose for Newnham and Parr. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, to think she hasn't won since the gym crack at two, a first start, and then Mark is just such a, a, a terrific trainer. He, 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 he had confidence about this filly uh, in interviews coming into this preparation. He was brave enough to give her a really sec hard second trial. Um, little queries on her running 1,200 metres out, run it out. She did work and, and held them off and I, I thought she was terrific there. Never talk. Um, probably nearly caught them on her, with her fitness there, but you'd have to say unlucky. The wide draw was costly for her and just ducking and weaving at vital stages. You could probably say uh, with an even run, she probably can win. I think away game had her chance and there was no real excuses for her. I like the run as far as the future's concerned from Eliza Beale there. Um, she was wide, no cover. I think she'll improve. Uh, the Melbourne filly was okay, love sensation, and I jury's out on Hungry Heart now. She's maybe one more chance on the drive for her. One thing I'm convinced about, I don't think our I'm worried about our three-year-old fillies. I think if something comes from state with um, up-and-coming ability, or even something, this could be a year something from our midweeks could emerge very quickly. So I'm a little worried about our three-year-old fillies. Yeah, take it in turns to, to mm. beat each other and you can say if you run that race again, if never talk had drawn a gate, it probably would have been able to beat every rose. But I'm, I'm with Ronnie as far as the, uh, the winner. I thought that she did an excellent job. She did all the work early on. She still hit the line. She was on tired legs at the end, but she was first up into a campaign and I thought she did an excellent job. Eliza Bill was excellent. When I look at horses like Hungry Heart, I just, I need to see her one more time. I did think she was a little bit backwards and she will improve from the run, but um, over, over the, I'm a little bit disappointed with her. I thought she would do really well first up. But uh, everything was about every rose and we spoke to Mark Newman and Josh Parr after the race. Back on Monday with the biggest smile on his face like he'd already won the race. So um, generally when he's like that, you know, you, you know you're going to be hard to beat. I was very confident at the corner um, and it was just a matter of whether a condition would hold out on the conditions today. But uh, 
All prep, Josh and I have been very confident with her. When we had today's conditions in the outside draw, it, uh, it just sort of dampened my confidence a little bit. But, uh, look, horse and jockey were good enough and a good job by all. She was on tired legs late. She had, um, you know, I'd made her work early and she was brave late. But I was really pleased that she was able to get out and step into gear like that and run along at a speed that we, we come at, we've become accustomed to when she was a two-year-old. And obviously she's had a preparation there where... Uh, less than desirable, but she's she's back with a bang and, and she's taken out the light fingers, which is great. I'm having a great run with Derby Syndications. They they obviously do a great job selling horses and, and picking out the horses they want. And I'm I'm fortunate enough to be able to steer them. And, and with the with Mark Newnham here today, and we were so upbeat after her gallop on on Monday morning. Uh, $11 now to do what uh, Mark and Josh did two years ago with Nikita Jane when the light fingers and surround stakes Dangerzilla away game Modophilia at the top of the betting. Let's go to New Zealand and the staying fillies and this one might be coming out for our Oaks. Uh, Amerilina, have a look at this Duff and Lizzie. Uh, she's very good. Uh, look at her getting chopped out there when she's behind the leaders there and and then has to pull out from behind the two and then, then she puts this big loping strides in. She is very, very, very good. Uh, she won the, the eight carat at a mile and then she she went head to head with Aon, the boom horse we'll see next week of Murray Baker's and then this is only her fifth start and that's her third win. And I know she has to go through that, that uh, New Zealand Oaks campaign, which is tough to do, but there's, there's usually they come out of it all right and come over here and, and really perform well. So she'll be well seasoned if they get that far, and if they decide to bring this filly to Sydney, there might be no betting. Yeah. I know we've got Montefilia emerging and things like that, but boy, oh boy. You She's be, a real challenger. She is a real challenger, and the market's telling you that as well. Um, the two big gums at the top there, um, that's a, a lot of way to go yet, March 27. Uh, but I can't wait to see that if it happens. And there she is, favourite, equal favourite, the three of them for the uh, Australian Oaks. Uh, Australasian Oaks, or Australian Oaks, that one. That, yeah, she's a beauty. She is a beauty. Uh, even money she is to win the New Zealand Oaks on the way. Uh, OK, let's, uh, let's go and hear from uh, Paul Snowden now, who's uh, got an update on uh, King's Legacy, who's going to run in the Hobartville next week. Really happy with him. He's come back um, from the from the spring last year in good order. He's, he's had a really good, solid prep underneath him. So uh, resumes here next week and and in uh, the uh, Ramwick Guineas after that. And obviously then we'll map out a plan as to where we head. But there is initial uh, first two runs back. He'll be mixing it with the same horses from the spring and, and last autumn. But you would have no fear of that, would you? No. Look, he's two-time Group One winner in his own right. So. He's probably going to have the addition of blinkers when he resumes next Saturday and he'll no doubt probably carry them all the way through. But um, just sort of mixing up his training and he's certainly enjoying himself at the moment. Uh, he's in a good space. And I am Superman, another winner in the trials on Thursday. What are the plans there? Yeah, look, he's, he's come back in great order. He's always a good, um, sort of got to a good level last preparation, the horse. He won a Group 2 race to Shannon. Um, doesn't like wet tracks, so we're desperate to see some sunshine between now and a fortnight. But uh, he resumes the Liberal City Cup, and um, then we'll see where we go from there. Obviously, you know, there's Doncaster and things like that once he gets up to a mile. But um, we'll get through our first up run, which I'm sure he's going to run well in. He's, he's in too good order not to. This is going to be a wonderful meeting on Saturday with that Hobart villain. We'll get to the Silver Slipper later. That's going to be the race of the year so far, it would seem. Uh, Batiga trialled on Thursday. Here's Sterling Alexio with an update on Batiga. 
plans for that horse after trialling on Thursday? Uh, look, at this stage, um, he'll go to the New Newcastle Newmarket first up. Um, we're really happy with his trial and look, um, we'll just do a bit of work between now and then. That's three weeks away. Um, whether he trials or not, um, a bit undecided at the minute, but after that, we're probably on to a um, Doncaster Prelude and hopefully he can win his way into a Doncaster. Next race to look at this morning is the Group 3 Triscay Stakes. And here is Talieu, the shortest price favourite of the day getting home. Yeah, look, she got the job done well without without running to the $1.30 quote, I would have thought. Um, you'd expect her, with that SP profile, to just sprint away and treat these with contempt. And you could make a little case here that Tricky Gal could have beat her or should have beat her. Uh, just with a few of those run-of-the-race things going more her way than what did. So that's a lovely return. She just had just out on her feet the last little bit tricky gal. I thought her return was great there, along with Ice Bass, who will improve. Um, really, I mean, Ruby was good. First up after a year, that's not a bad performance, so she'll train on well off that. Um, Talia, um, where does she head? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. She obviously can... She's at the top of the game now and they'll run her in all the suitable races and she'll be around the mark. But as far as being authoritative, I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, she's been placed very well. I think when, the horse that you can take out of the race that will take a lot of improvement is Ice Bath. She mm. was probably a little bit underdone, but um, of the others, I thought Tricky Girl, that was her race. She's mm. a bomb first up. And Talia certainly looks as though she's, you know, placed to effect. She's going to run very well. Probably just fringed well as they're all heading for that, you know, that prize of the Coolmore. Uh, for those mares, so we'll whoever gets in. We had a chat with James Cummings, and this time it was Karen McAvoy. We've been really patient, waiting for uh, her first crack at a black type race. But uh, look, it pays off today. It goes to show how hard they are to win because everything fell into place. Of scratching, horses scratched. Got our got a somewhat desirable wet track for her, and, uh, and she was nice and fit, and fresh coming into this. But um, but she she beat uh, she beat the uh, runner-up by half a length or so, and, uh, and and yet she's got the black type win on the board. So we can plot a path now with a little bit less pressure on our backs. She could be kept fresh for uh, a really good race like the Galaxy, uh, or we could uh, we could just plot our path through the mares races um, in the next few weeks. You know, there's uh, there's three weeks to a nice Group Three quality here, and uh, and there's also the birthday card on Slipper Day, but. Um, there's some, something to be said for her down in the weights in an Oakley uh, in, a, in a Galaxy, and uh, it'd, it'd be pretty interesting if uh, if we did get a pretty wet track that day. Small in pressure, small in numbers, and and she's she had the the tick in the box of um, a damp track. So um, you know, I like the way she can adapt. She can absorb the pressure if, if they run quick, or she can take it up. And um, she's lovely, lovely mare to ride, and it's nice to get a black top win on her here today. Ice bath was first up yesterday. Here's Brad Widdup. Yeah, terrific run. Uh, you know, she was um, probably a bit closer than we wanted to, but look, it was a great ride and a good starting point for her today. Beaten a fingernail, as we all know, in the Golden Eagle last spring, but there's plenty ahead. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, the main thing was getting around safe today, looks at, and we can move on with the preparation. Is there a next start uh, locked in? Yeah, she'll, she'll go to the guy, Walter, in a fortnight, and uh, then another two weeks in the Coolmore from there. 
Uh, a mare in that race, uh, Spirinac, trained by Rod Northam, is heading towards the country championships and the Hunter Northwest heat at uh, Tamworth coming up in a few weeks. Uh, this horse is getting worldwide recognition, believe it or not, because of its name. Here's the story with Greg Pritchard. Rod Northam with Spirinac, since we visited you at Scone the other day and there's been a little bit of social media, the golfer herself has jumped on board. <laughs> yeah, a few of the boys, I think they've been hounding her. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, she sent through a tweet, which is, uh, which is great. Well, she seems a very good sport about it. She said there's a horse named after me in Australia and I couldn't be prouder. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's really nice. Um, hope she can do it proud. Maybe she's got a bit of cash spare to buy a few horses. <laughs> that could be handy. Oh, I, I don't think she needs to buy any horses, just a round of golf will do the boys, uh, they'll be happy with that. But the horse is obviously aiming at the Tamworth qualifier and, and you're pretty keen on its chances. Yeah, she is. Um, yeah, just having a tick, tick over run today and um, we'll have a spot on three weeks' time. I, I, I love her, she's, um, she's just improving all the time and, and come Tamworth she'll be spot on, third up. All right, now to the Southern Cross and the return of Mars Crusader. It went perfectly to plan, Ronnie and Lizzie. Uh, yeah, um, he missed the start again, and then they slowed up, and he wanted to get on the on the bit a little. So not, I, I, I wouldn't. It ended up perfect because it's, he needed that win, and he looks a more mature horse now. Yeah. He was, he, he's, he was he was really well on the yard, wasn't he? he looked yeah. like he's put more weight on. Put more weight on. He's just this time around. He's, it, they just ha had trouble getting him. Forward, not forward enough in condition, but he just was behind the eight ball last preparation and then things happened in the run and just it was just one of those preps where it was forgettable mm. and we went from loving him to loathing him in yeah. one preparation but as soon as I saw him yesterday, Ronnie, I said, he's yeah. back. Yeah, that's a good effort. You know, he's only a rating 79 horse and he took on some, you know, much higher rated horses than himself there and, and he's on his way now so we, we can, I think we can be confident in his ability to, to hold, if not improve on that form. Southern Lad used his fitness and really give a sight there. And uh, I thought they were ter terrific, the uh, two horses resuming there off, off little injuries. Victorum uh, just blew out late. He was he was excellent. And Jem Song, they'd have to be uh, so happy with that after having the tendon injury and being off for so long. So uh, the winner, it's all about the winner, but those two trying to get back on track, Jem Song and Victorum, that's a good start off point. We had a chat to Michael Hawkes and Tommy Berry after the race and they were both very happy to see him back on track. Tommy just helped him and tried to nurse him and probably the only thing we really said was just try and get to the top of the rise and help him and let him balance up and he really put pay to him. He was a little bit tardy away and they probably didn't go overly hard and he probably over raced a bit mid stages and look he had no weight on his back today and um, He's only a benchmark 79 horse. I know the handicapper will think a little bit different now that he's beat these sort of horses, but you can only do what you can do, and he's a racehorse, and he's back on song, and hopefully for bigger and better things. He's a little bit full of himself when he trialled the other day, and he's had a nice piece of work in between that, which we we're very pleased with, and um, even in that piece of work, he was quite switched off. So today I took him around to the gates halfway with the pony and then candid in the second half, which I was too scared to do last prep. So... It just shows you what he, how he's matured at a ho as a horse and um, for him to let down like that on a heavy deck in stakes company for the first time was a massive effort. I think he's definitely better than you know this sort of company. Um, yeah, Myself and the horse didn't make it too easy last night. I put in some bad rides and he didn't behave himself that well but that just shows the maturity and the Hawks tipped him out after his disappointing at his last start and gave him a bit of time and he's a big kid but I think now the penny's starting to drop so look... 
I'm not sure how far we'll get him, but we'll just keep running him through his grades. All right, still to come on Thoroughbred Weekly, a full wrap-up of yesterday's opening qualifier of the country championships at Coffs Harbour. It was won by Baileys, and uh, we're going to show you that race and also the uh, post-race interviews a little bit later in the show. Speaking of the country championships, uh, a former winner of the series, Victorum, returned yesterday, and here's what Jenny Graham thought of Victorum's return after bone chip surgery. Oh, look, I was absolutely wrapped with his run, um, you know, carrying 59 kilos against in these conditions and against uh, good horses, you know, when we're down in these group races, we're against, you know, good horses. So, look, I was absolutely wrapped with his run. He's a class horse, of course. We've seen his form in the Kosciuszko and other good races. What do you got planned for him? Oh, look, I want to have a go at the Canterbury Stakes. That's that's my aim, um, you know. So hopefully going forward, everything go, he comes through this run, and we'll be able to go on to the Canterbury Stakes. Let's go right back to the start of the day. We began with a mile and a half, and it was uh, Carp Fever, who normally saves his best for Warwick Farm, winning like this at Royal Randwick. Yeah, but everything fell into place for him throughout the morning when the rain started to fall and the tempo was uh, put on for him. He was travelling and he was going to uh, win this race a long, long way from home, and that he did. Uh, look, uh, Harpo Marx continues to run his honest races there. Shadow Flight did his thing running on when it's all over, but it was a slog fest in the end. I, I don't know where we're going to, this form's going to be over the next six weeks. So I doubt whether it's going to really shape up. Yeah, I think that, that you nailed it there. They just was, the tempo was just really, really strong throughout, and that enabled the stayer of the whole field, Carp Fever, to be able to take it out. Just a few horses in behind, Power of Attorney, he's going for a spell. He's had enough um, this preparation. Uh, Harpo Marx is, is still up and running in here, probably find a race for him, but I think it's just genuinely the tempo of the race suited Carp Fever. And we caught up with Nashra Willer and Joe Pride after the race. Good, consistent performer, and I think everyone's well aware how good he is at Warwick Farm. But he's, he's also raced well here on, an, on, an, on the occasion, so got the conditions to suit today, and a, and a really good ride from Nash. He's been used to having some, um, some riders of, of late, um, Rachel and a few apprentices, and maybe, maybe the, uh, the sternness, if you like, of, of Nash sort of woke him up today. He sort of loved in a lovely spot and um, it was the pace was sort of nice and genuine the whole way and just sort of kept him in a nice rhythm and yeah he sort of put the riding on the wall while starting in enlisted company that um, he was going to be very hard to beat here today taking class and uh, no he's very dominant it's good. OK, we could have easily led the show with this performance. Stay inside. Each and every week, it seems, we're seeing another remarkable performance by a two-year-old. Who was expecting this, though? He was favourite. He was expected to win. But all of a sudden now, we are really talking a live Golden Slipper contender. I, don't, I didn't see it coming. I loved his first up win, his, his debut win. I thought, oh, what a lovely horse he is. But um, after seeing all these beautiful two-year-olds we've had around us of late, I, I thought he was in the second division. But boy, oh boy, how impressive can a horse be? He floated there. I know it's easy to get carried away with wet track form, but what a performance. And, and I, you'd have to say he got the seal of approval from McDonald. You only had to see. You, you, jockeys, they get a feel for a moment and... He was up in the irons and he was he was excited about he was it. Shaking his he, head shaking going his over head. the line. He was 
he couldn't quite believe what he had underneath him. He's a very unassuming looking horse. You see here, you'll see James McDonald. He's looking at the crowd, shaking his head. I can't believe what this horse has just done. Yeah, well, do we talk? I thought it looked a very competitive race on paper without being a superstar there. And you don't just put a gap in them like that. The time was good. Uh, everything to like about it was impressive. Um, if I want to single a horse out, I want to follow uh, out of, behind him for later on, not in the slipper campaign, but Akahiro is the horse I want to follow out of that, Gary Portelli's colt. But the winner, um, well, what does McDonald do? He, he, he's sort of indicating that he, well, obviously he wants to have another ride on him, as they say, but... Yeah, he's, he's certainly indicating, well, we won't know what James McDonald wants to do until later on, but we caught up with Michael Friedman and James McDonald, and he has got a few decisions to make in the future. Oh, well, um, he's exciting. Um, pretty handy win, I thought. Yeah. Uh, does, does he impress you now more than ever after that first win? Did he catch you by surprise that first win? He did. Um, certainly the way he sort of went about it first up, I was a little surprised. Um, I had a bit more confidence coming in today just on the back of his work Tuesday. Um, it looked to me like he'd really come on from that first up win, um, just mentally more than anything. And just looking at him there, even though he sort of was out there on his own, he, he sort of seemed to run a pretty straight course and did everything right, which with two-year-olds is a big thing. Ultimate professional. I uh, worked on Tuesday. It was the same, very placid, just went through his paces really well. And he worked with a very good filly that, that particular morning and, and just did it lovely. Nothing superb, but just real tradesman-like. And I thought he'd just come here today and as long as he got a, a nice run in the race, he would do what he did on debut and he, he did exactly that. He just takes everything in his stride, he's the ultimate professional, he'll get to a slipper whether it's wet or dry and he'll be very hard to beat. It was a big day for the Friedman name there yesterday at Randwick and shortly we'll see Will Friedman's first city winner with Bird on a winning post but this silver slipper Duff and Lizzie coming up next week, I'm not sure how many we're going to have in the race but the quality's going to be there left, right and centre. Oh, there's no doubt. And I think that quality might hurt the field size numbers. I think there's a few there that you, you don't want to meet. But we, we won't see the, the makeup of the nominations of that till Monday. But it's always a, a, the timing's always there for someone to, they want to run in this silver slipper. Um, so I, I can't wait for it. Hopefully, this weather just picks up during the week and we get you know, a decent track to, to run it on because it's going to be a sensational meeting this meeting next Saturday. Yes, yeah, so the two year old picture is very much, as we were saying at the top of the show, is very open at the moment, as in there's great chances they're all winning their, their races res respectively very, very well. But I think when you look at a horse like when you saw tr the trial of you know, a horse like Four Moves Ahead and Remark and mm. Shakiro, like they're flying at the moment. Yeah, and they, they look like probably heading to next Saturday as well. So we'll sort that little picture out and then we've got to sort these next ones out as well. And this is, Roddy, this is what I can't understand. Anyone who criticises, oh, why don't they promote the Golden Slipper more? The Slipper promotes itself. Yeah, yeah, it no. It's high on adrenaline and it's each week we're talking about the Golden Slipper. What more can you want? 100%. You know, we've been talking the Golden Slipper for uh, since the day one of the two-year-old races. It's the breeder's <laughs> plate, you know, so it, 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 it looks the after itself. <laughs> the two-year-old trial. So. Well, once we saw Enfar that uh, two-year-old trial day, we were talking Golden Slippers right <laughs> yep. from there. Jim Crack, we were talking Golden Slippers. And, of course, you know, she runs in the Blue Diamond this weekend as well. So that's another piece of the puzzle yeah. that is going a to... you know, A big piece, because she's always been... Well, she is the reigning favourite at the moment. Well, could the Freemans have another one? They've got Tiger of Malay going to the Silver Slipper next week. 
Well, Friedman, for yourself and Richard, a runner in the Silver Slipper next weekend, Tiger of Malay? Yeah, that's the plan. He trialled on Thursday at Rose Hill and um, seems to have bounced out of the trial well, so the plan a bit ahead there. Trialled against some pretty good horses himself as well. Yeah, it was it was probably the you know, cream of some of the best colts in Sydney at the moment with Shakira having won the Magic Millions and Remark, obviously... One start, one win with a, with a big rap on him. So I was happy with the trial. He, he, he's been off the scene for a little while, so I'm sure that'll bring him on a bit too. Well, it wasn't just uh, Richard and Michael Friedman shining yesterday. Will Friedman took another step in his career by training his first city winner in the Tab Highway with this unmistakable name, Bird on a Winning Post. Yes, it is an unmistakable name. But look, um, one of many more will come for Will Friedman, I'd suggest. He, you always get a thrill out of your first one. He's been poking around, um, you know, around the country, placing his horses. But he's found a tough, durable mare here. She's in a first racing prep. She's toughed it out, um, gets the, the, the win on the board and, and, and did a really good job. Um, I must say, if you think so, um, she's put a few good runs together now and I thought she behaved much better in the cooler weather yesterday. Uh, the third third horse there, the, the mare uh, Boom and Zoom, was probably a, the wet tracker, which really helped her. The rest just plugged away. She's frustrating, dear Rissima, and she just uh, continues to get you in and still a maiden, but her turn will come soon. But... Good on you, Will. It's a good result for him. Yeah, very good result and, and quite fitting that it followed his father and uncle yeah. after they took out uh, their race. I thought it was a good performance. And, of course, we have to mention Grant Buckley. He doesn't come to town very often and no. he did a great job yesterday. Uh, the ride of the day, I thought. We don't see him have that day much, but he's experienced there. He just put him in a good spot. What do you think of Will's fashion sense? Uh, you, you think he's... Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty good. He's about his tie? He come up a little bit? Quite eclectic, Will is, mm. but... I mean, you can teach him all about fashion sense. That's something that's I'm really sure is your forte. What are you talking about a tie? Hmm? What? You can't even do up a tie. <laughs> no, I've learned over the last you... 12 months. You get the, 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 uh, the Google and it gives you videos, yes. you know. I actually, mm. Yes, that's very good. I tried to teach my, my daughter that. Mm. Instead, we mm. get a tie with a piece of string around it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, anyway you see get what you think Google. of Will's tie. Yeah, there you go, kids out there. If you want to learn how to make uh, a tie work, you get the Google to do it. <laughs> uh, here's Will and Bucko. She may not be a slipper contender, but she's, she's pretty close to that for me. She, uh, she's probably one of my better gallopers in the barn. So I've come down a couple of times. It's really hard to win these races. Country racing in general has become really competitive. There's a lot of good trainers, and it's a, it's a privilege to take out one of these races. I spent a lot of time with my father, who's, who's pretty well renowned for training stayers and getting them to get over ground, so I always thought horses that could get over a bit of ground were probably in my wheelhouse, and uh, Pat and Rob Crosby called me up as soon as I got my licence and said, we've got the horse for you, and uh, she, I didn't give them a lot of faith when she ran near last at Gosford first start, but in the same prep she's now come out and won a highway, so... It's a, it's a big moment for, for them and me. Yeah, no, he's um, done a great job of all the horses he's got. He's like new on the scene, he's still learning, still teething. But um, look, I rode his first winner, that was a big kick. And then to get his um, first city winner, that was even a bigger, bigger kick today. The other day I got him caught in a sticky spot and it sort of didn't work out, went pear-shaped and lucky he sort of stuck with me because he, was, you know, he couldn't give me the sack after that ride. But, you know, I sort of amended things today and um, it was just really good to, you know, get it for the family and Will and um, he's a really good bloke. 
Okay, so that was the highway for the country train gallopers, and uh, we're just getting news through now. This Nowra uh, qualifier uh, is going to be run on Tuesday, but it'll be run at Goulburn. Unfortunately, we're going to get um, more rain here during the week uh, in Nowra, and uh, the stewards have made the decision to go to Goulburn. Uh, fields stay the same. Uh, scratching's reinstated and play on. Here's Pandano winning race five. Yeah, look, he appreciated stepping up, stepping up in distance and he's past couple Pandano, so he was tough riding the speed with his light weight and uh, he's, he's in good form, as is Cisco Bay. Gerald's done and Sterling have done an amazing job keeping him focused and racing well. New arrangement was okay. I, I want to be forgiving. It looked ordinary on paper, the, uh, the import there, uh, Mohican Heights, but um, I think he not much went right. He dragged him back. He went forward. He dragged him back. He didn't know if it was Arthur or Martha, so uh, he'll improve dramatically in his next couple of runs, I'd suggest. Yeah, it just shows that it's really very beneficial to be up on speed, whereas being back marker like Cisco Bay, it's just too hard. You've got to run a second quicker yeah. to be able to beat these horses up on the pace, but it was certainly a good job. Uh, that was Nathan, well, it's Perry's second winner, Saturday winner in two weeks, and also Jay Ford jumped aboard. The morning was great, probably the best I've seen him work, and uh, um, as you said, the track was probably a query, but uh, as I said, he's a very fit, very healthy horse, so uh, uh, you know, very pleasing. Is that as far as he wants a mile? Well, I don't know. You know, like he's been tried, tried at this now. Um, uh, the, the way the race panned out is the way me and Jay uh, talked to talked about before the race. Everything worked out perfect for him. So, look, you can only try him. So, we'll see. Had a plan with 53 on our backs, and he's been looking for a mile to give him a nice positive ride and use his weight to our advantage and put him right up on top of the speed. And he's been running really well. He ran really well the other day, and it's good to see him tough it out and break through today. Poetic Charmer won the last of the day, race number nine, and um, sadly, one of the part owners, John Scott, passed away the night before, and uh, everyone was hoping that Poetic Charmer could win for uh, John and the family, and uh, somehow there was some help there in the end. Yeah, and it was a, a beautiful ride by James as well, just stalked Academy, um, got him peeled back to the inside of him, and he, he was just well-placed. He's an honest, right race, good ride. Academy's... Um, he was a little bit aggressive and was only being beaten by a bob of the head, so uh, there was merit in that performance. Like Kingdom Come looming to win, I think Nash dropped his whip at the 100 metre mark you'll see here, so whether he, he, we could say that cost him, I don't know. We'll leave that to your imag imagination. The, the, the Cliffs Art, the import, thought she went pretty good there, the German mare. Solid uh, first start in Australia from her, rock o'clock loomed up, knocked up, but uh, too good. Uh, a poetic uh, charmer on the day. All right, let's go and hear from uh, Paul Snowden and James McDonald. It ends a traumatic week for the Scott family. Obviously losing losing John this week. Um, but we're, we're a better way to put a, a smile on, on a family's face than to get their horse home for him. So it was uh, yeah, it's a great great result. I did say we're going to have two riders on him uh, pre-race before he went out. So uh, it worked out good. James rode him extremely well, and uh, the horse has turned the corner. The last 18 months, what this horse has done has, has been traumatic. It's um, massive form reversal. Probably two years ago, if we ran him on a wet track, we'd be we'd be scratching him on the day of because he was dead set no good. But um, 
confidence. It's a massive thing, and, and this horse has got a fair bit of it at the moment, and it's showing through in his races. Scotty must have been riding that over the line for me, so it was uh, good for everyone involved. He's a very consistent horse, and he deserved it. And he, when he starts continuing putting these sort of wins together, he, he can be a bit of a force to be reckoned with in this type of grade. Yeah, he's, I think he's just... Um, from what I see, he, his racing paddle lets him down a little bit. He has to travel, but on these wet ground, on the wet ground, small fields, he can posse up a little bit closer and not as much work to do. But geez, he's try. Ingratiating under hands and heels at the 250, led by a length and a half. Frost Flowers, Gimme Par runs on from Greaves, but Ingratiating went for the Doctor with 100 metres to go, led by about a length and a half to Gimme Par. Birdsville's finishing the race off well. Ingratiating getting tight, Gimme Par's coming at it, but Ingratiating too strong beat Gimme Par a half, two and a half. Birdsville third from Trey Porty. Sue Dancer went for home at the 250, hands and heels, two and a half. Three lengths personal star, Rel Island Joy, and then Thunder Peak. But it's Zoo Dancer for Jamie Carr. She's going to notch up a double. And Zoo Dancer is going to trot in. Impressive. Zoo Dancer won it. Five lengths personal. Star Rel third. Tagaloa at the clock tower with on the outside Azar three quarters of a length away. But Tagaloa kicks, pins the ears back from Azar Moonga late. But going well as Tagaloa. Tagaloa clear. And Tagaloa beat Azar Moonga. Cherry Tortoni. Dom to shoot five. A gap in the field. Beltoro Well. Let's have a look at Nature Strip now in the Lightning, and uh, it's going to be very, very hard to uh, take Jamie Carr off this horse from now on. Watch this. This is Nature Strip at his best. And behind those bivouac there, the hopes. Nature Strip at the clock tower kicks a length and a half. Pippi swats that bivouac. And then September run. Nature Strip over towards the inside rail lead. Swats that September run. Blind, but Nature Strip is going to do it. September runs what's that Fabagino will bivouac before a gap pippy. That'd be getting Jamie Carr here to ride Nature Strip uh, over the carnival, uh, taking on. Um, well, I don't think she's been to Sydney before, but uh, a high profile horse like him. And didn't he behave well for her yesterday and just relaxed? He's uh, she has been to Sydney before, has she? Yeah, she oh, rode she, a yes. winner, yeah, yeah for she did too. Lloyd Williams, yes, yeah, but she's welcome back, yeah, more than welcome <laughs> back, yeah. No, she's, I think. What you t I listened to her interview yesterday, and what I took out of that interview is that she said, "I just, I just let him do what what he wanted to do. I didn't restrain him. I didn't, you know, sort of take him out of his rhythm. I just let him do what he wanted to. If he wanted to drift in, he did that, and it was just a really good performance." Mm. I wonder what Chris Waller had to say about it. Well, we'll just find out. Here's Chris Waller. Yeah. Very proud, that's for sure. Uh, he's been a, a great horse for so long, and we we're a little bit disheartened. Um, after the spring, just things never went his way, simple as that. We never lost faith in the horse. And there were lots of little issues that were sort of simmering away that we made public that um, just didn't work out. So uh, it was a great ride today, um, a well-judged one. And uh, yeah, the horse has obviously come back. His trials have been second to none. And um, he yeah, just showed how, how dominant he can be. And, been a pretty good field. Not to forget September run, a booming second. What do you do with her now? New market for her, that's always been the plan there. And today was her first run against Wait for H. Um, and the older horses, and I don't think it'll be the last one. It was a pretty, pretty good performance. And um, yeah, she was strong on the line, and we know that 
she's one up the straight over 1200 metres to the new market looks logical for her in three weeks time. All right, I'm just having a look at the uh, TJ Smith market, and I'll get up, that up uh, after we have a look at Avantage in New Zealand and the sprint there yesterday. But she's about $15 now for the TJ Smith, and we've seen her in Sydney before if she comes back over. Yeah, look, she's a, she's a ripper. What's this, seven Group 1s for her now? She's all of a sudden emerged with all these Group 1 wins. She had a busy schedule. I, I, you know, I don't know um, about her winning a TJ Smith, but what they've done with her is amazing, and she's in a rare, rare form, rare form. Uh, Bivouac's the favourite at $6, then Nature Strip at $8, September run at $8, 11 for Hortbury on her, and didn't she troll beautifully on Thursday? Uh, Libertini, she's on her way back. Very soon we're going to see uh, her in action. Avantage down on Smash, and the Everest, well, classic legend, he's, the plan is for him to come back to Les Bridge for another crack. Uh, Bivouac, September run, Guitra. Guitra is going to miss the autumn, but he'll be back in the spring. We're talking Everest already. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Gary Cleesey and Melinda Turner uh, took us through the Coffs Harbour qualifier yesterday, and we'll have a look at Bailey's win after this. Inside Northern Wild Rose from Jack Spratt. Shredding the needle down the outside is Plonka. In the centre, Sugar Baby followed further back in the field by Miracle. Then came Great Marlow, who sneaky runs up along the inside. Jack Spratt raced to the front, leads the way. Coming through is Maslow. Maslow, Jack Spratt down the outside. It's absolutely flying. Is Bailey's. Bailey's right over the top. Bailey's has beaten Tara Jasmine. Photo for third between Sugar Baby and Maslow. Big day. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, you're on your way to the New Haven Park uh, Championships on the 3rd of April at Randwick. How's that feel? Oh, pretty good. Right. Touching day. <laughs> yeah. Especially one of the owners, mate. You'd be pretty sick. Right. Very, very sick. Well, you're setting for it, Graham. Yeah. And you're a winner, mate. Well done. Well done. Uh, look, I was comfortable. I was behind the favourite. I thought, well, the speed was speed was genuine, and uh, look, he he come off and on the bridle for me when I when I wanted him to. And uh, if anything, the favourite got in my way a bit early in the straight. Once I was finally really got in the outside, you know, his last 250 was really uh, dynamic. I think she's pretty special, yeah, uh, being a young filly and uh, it's all in front of her from here on. Yeah, I know you've got an opinion of her. I think if you go back and ascertain uh, uh, the video tonight, things just might not win 100% with her either. No, I'd, I'd like to watch it a few times. Well, from the start, um, it was a little bit tricky. She she missed it um, a little bit, and she did that the other day at Grafton too, but she was able to drive forward at Grafton, and today um, they smothered me up straight away, so I had to opt for a spot where I was. Um, she travelled really good. Up until the 600, I was in a bit of trouble. Um, she just was a bit flat to the board, and... Um, she just wasn't responding to riding. I just didn't want to do too much on her and not leave anything for late. And um, she just made it a bit tricky. And once we straightened and, and she sort of found her, her, her gear, she really hit the line. Um, I, I thought it was good, but I think the start is what really gave it away for her. We're looking forward to this year. Unfortunately, last year we didn't get to have the party with COVID, but ho hoping this year it'll be all systems go back at the Doncaster. Um, the famous watering hole with the Kellys have and the infamous party, which has just grown each year to be 
be a great night for everyone involved. A couple of Cessnock boys there together. Scotty Galloway did his apprenticeship at Cessnock and Graham Payne, of course, from there as well, finding themselves in Coffs Harbour. Uh, there are the new qualifying dates and the ones to come. So this qualifier for the South East which was to be run at Nowra today, goes to Goulburn on Tuesday. Same fields for all races. Scratching's reinstated. Then next Saturday, we've got a... Well, next weekend, we've got a double header. Wagga on the Saturday, Tari on the Sunday, before we go to Mudgee, Tamworth, and further afield. And there's the new market after Tara Jasmine and Bailey's qualified. Art Cadeau was to go around today. He'll have to wait until Tuesday. But Tara Jasmine, the $8 favourite after being sensationally back to win yesterday, she found Bailey's too good. This is Paul Weeks, the CEO of the Shoalhaven City Turf Club, who's about to cry. Good morning, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, look, I wish I was under here under uh, better circumstances. I'm very sorry, you've lost two now. Last, last year you, um, you called them off early. You were no hope of racing, you had a lot more rain, but it came at the wrong time, this yeah, rain. Look, yeah, we've been dogged by bad luck. Last year we had 400 mils, I think a week or so before the, the heat. Mm -hmm. This year, you know, 20 or 30 on Friday night. Mm. And it just hasn't dried out. We had Rob Price go over it this morning and it was just too wet to race on. Um, tell us how much work goes into this day. Well, you can probably see from from the the vision that you know we spent a lot of time preparing for the for the race day, a lot of time setting it up, organising, promoting the event. So look, it's really disappointing to have this outcome. Um, look, at the end of the day, we'll dust ourselves off. Uh, as you said earlier, the heat's now going off to Goulburn, um, and, and you know, we wish them well for Tuesday. I don't want to keep rubbing it in, but you were booked out today, weren't you? Oh, absolutely. Look, we, we were looking at having a huge crowd here. Um, you know, I've had so many calls just this morning asking if the races are still on. Mm. So, look, I don't know how many we would have got here, but it would have been a very big crowd. OK, when's your next big meeting? Because you, you know you're going to get the qualifier again next year. Oh, we <laughs> hope so. we'll, we'll book you in. <laughs> I mean, you've, we've got to keep coming here until we... Till we run at one at uh, at Nara, but what what's your next big day here? Look, we've got a, a Sunday, Easter Sunday. Right. So look, anyone that wants to get out and support the club, there's a good opportunity. It's a good day's racing. It's it's as I said it's on Easter. Good chance for people to get down to the Shoalhaven region, make a weekend of it, come out to the races and support the club. And how's the town going after fires, COVID, and everything else? Yeah, look, it's been a wretched 12 months or so. You know, this time last year we were just recovering from the the bushfires, and you might recall that we did lose a couple of meetings during that period. Yep. Uh, the COVID, obviously, you know, the local community sort of took a hit through that. Um, but look, I think, you know, things are starting to rebound, especially from the tourism side. Mm. So look, you know, we're optimistic going forward. We're just really disappointed that we di didn't get to race today. Yeah. All right. Well, bad luck and um, I hope you have a good Easter Sunday and then the rest of the year. But yeah. we'll be back here in 12 months. Thanks a lot. It's going to shine. So. The sun's going to shine. Good on you, Paul. Um, that's about it, uh, Paul, uh, Duff and Lizzie. Paul Weeks, the CEO. Um, do you want me to bring you back anything? What can I take Ronnie and Lizzie back from Nara? What's... Oh, look, there's a, there's a myriad of uh, oysters, oysters, platters, mm. and all sorts of things. You know, our caterers have spent a fortune on the food. Well, so look, <laughs> someone's got to eat it. Yeah, well, we don't want to it's very good stuff. So all right. I think there's something like a hundred dozen oysters and forty or fifty kilos of prawns, yeah. which we've got to get all rid right. of. I'll take six dozen. I won't take all of it. Um, <laughs> couple of dozen. Will you still be in the, in the studio by the time I get back there? It only takes me a couple of hours, guys. No, well, you might be able to do a tour of Nara. There'll be lots yeah. of sightseeing for you today. You might be able to go down to the blowhole and yeah. see the Robinsons down could, there at Berry. Yeah, if you could just yeah. pop into Berry on the way home and get me a few donuts, I'll be happy. Yeah. Some Berry donuts. That's it. <laughs> okay. Thank you.
Duff wants oysters, Lizzie wants donuts. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for joining us on Thoroughbred Weekly, and uh, well, we'll see you on Tuesday at Goulburn. <laughs>